Our hope is a sure and steadfast hope because our hope is anchored in the character and nature of God. And he is true, he is righteous, he is just, he is holy, and our hope is sure and steadfast in him. Last week we talked about what is God. He's the creator and sustainer of everything and everyone. We talked about how uh, people and stuff are not our God, but God is our God. Amen? Today we're going to be talking about how many persons are in the Trinity or in the Godhead. When we talk about the Trinity a lot, um, for a lot of Christians, they view it as like a really bad math project. You know what I mean? Um, when asked about the Trinity and, well, yeah, one God, three in one, three in one, three in one. Sounds like a, a new cleaning agent or something, you know, a new shampoo or something. Three in one. Um, but when we really look at the Trinity, when we really look at the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and realize that God in three persons provided our salvation, and each one having a distinct role and operation in winning us, wooing us, and achieving salvation for us. You and I are human beings. I made it a point to say human because my wife tells me that I say human. So if I say human, I'm from Long Island, okay? Human beings. We are human beings. I am a human being, but I am a person. Me being a human being does not tell you who I am. Me being a human being, I, have, I, I walk upright. I have a brain most of the time, amen, that, that operates. I am known as a homo sapien, but that's what I am. It's not who I am. If all we knew about each other is that we're human beings, we'd have a shallow, shallow experience. Isn't it true? See, God is the the divine being. And just like I am a human being, but yet I am a person, God is a divine, is the divine being. And in his being, he has three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. See, most people get caught up just understanding and realizing that there is a divine being. But they never, never get a chance to know God in his three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Most people have an understanding that there is a God, there is a a force, there is a higher power out there. But if all we view God as is a divine being, we never, never really get to know him because you get to know him by his personality, who he is, what he's done how he acts, his character, and his nature. Most people that I know that just have this concept of a divine being, what they do is they put on God what they think God should be. And you see that all the time. You see it in the news. Oh, if God was a loving God, he wouldn't do that. Or they make judgments about God, but they don't really know God. We know that God is a divine being, but in His three persons, we understand the eternality of love. Before you were even thought of, 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were in a love relationship, a love fest with each other. John chapter 17 talks about that. Jesus said, listen, Father God, man, I want to I bring these, these people into the love that you love me and I love them. And we'll all be a part of this eternality of love, this eternal love fest with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, some folks think that God created us because he wanted to love something. No. God created us because he is love. God created us so that we can be brought into this eternal love fest and love relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you would look up Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, maybe we can put that up on the, in the ESV version. Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4. This is a Bible verse. This saying was said morning and evening for the Israelites, for the Hebrew people. And it says this. Listen, O Israel. Can you do it in the ESV? No problem. You still got your job. (laughs) You're a volunteer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Isn't that something? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Interestingly enough, that word one in the Hebrew is akkad. And it speaks about if I was to offer you a cluster of grapes, that would be, do you want this one? There's a plurality to that Hebrew word. If God wanted to say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is the one and only, he would have used the Hebrew word yakid, which means one and only. Right from the start, we see this plurality of being with God. Listen, friends, it's, it's not illogical, but we can't comprehend it. We have, a, we have a, a, a mindset that really cannot comprehend the things of God. There is his majesty and there is his mystery. And we throw that in the bowl of comprehension and we leave things to God. But Genesis 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim. Elohim in that Hebrew form is a plural word. Right in the first verse, God is telling us that there is a plurality about our God. That he is the divine being, but he manifests himself in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Later on in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We'll keep going. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. Even in the creation of male and female, there is this plurality that comes from the plurality of God in creation. Really hard to grasp, isn't it? God is the divine being, one God, in three persons. We are human being. We are one person. We have to take this idea of just understanding and having a knowledge of a divine being 
and come into this wonderful relationship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some, some say that the Father thought it, Jesus Christ bought it, and the Holy Spirit has brought it to us and has won it in our hearts. Some say that the Father has appointed it, Jesus has accomplished it, and the Holy Spirit applies the work of salvation to our, to our heart. If you go to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3, we read the, this, this verse, which is a powerful verse, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 in the ESV. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. Let's turn over to Mark chapter 1 and verse 3 in the ESV. Mark chapter 1 and verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Isaiah was preaching about God Almighty, making a, uh, preparing a way for God Almighty to come into your heart and into your life. Here in Mark chapter 1, we see the prophet John the Baptist preaching that there is a preparation for the way of the Lord. Make his path straight, a highway for our God, who is Jesus Christ. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you look over at John chapter 14, let's read verses 15 to 21. John chapter 14, 15 to 21 in the ESV version. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Helper means counselor, advocate, comforter. Friends, who is our helper today? The Holy Spirit. I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, the Son of God who is God, asking Father God, and he will give you another help, helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Leave it right there, I'm going to read that again. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. How does he manifest the love of God to us but by the Holy Spirit? Amen? The Father's love, Christ's love, manifested through the power and the wonder of the Holy Spirit working in our lives today. As you were sitting here today, you were experiencing the very presence of God. Amen? The Spirit of God. Let's flip over to John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27 in the ESV. Who, has, uh, who doesn't want to read the Word of God today? Oh, I'm good. Nobody raised your hand because you would have been kicked right out. Let me tell you that. All right. John chapter 15. 26 to 27. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, Jesus, who is God, says the Helper, the Comforter, the Advocate, 
the Spirit of truth, who is God, I will send to you from the Father. The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Then we'll go to John chapter 17, and we'll read verse, uh, from verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Keep that verse right there. We're going to read it a few times. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. The glory that you have given me has been given to us that we may be one even as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Does that encourage you to get along with your brother and sister in church? Does that encourage you to forgive one another? Does that encourage you to get rid of your hard, calloused, dead heart and live up to the standard of God's oneness, the standard of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory, that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. If you don't feel loved today, I want to encourage you today that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit invites you into the love fest of the triune God for all eternity. Is there anything that, that can separate us from the love of the Father, the love of the Son, and the love of the Holy Spirit? They have secured our salvation. We are one in God, and we are one with each other. Amen? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Beautiful, beautiful illustration of the triune God, the three persons of the Godhead, one divine being, three persons. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship or communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Isn't that awesome? Hey, you know what? We don't, we don't do congregational reading a lot, do we? Some churches do that. Let's try it. What do you think? So I'm going to say on the count of three, We'll start reading that together. And you know what? We might read it twice. We might read it three times. Probably that's it. But well, let's read it together. Okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit 
be with you all. One more time. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Romans chapter 12 is a beautiful uh, passage of Scripture that speaks about the body of Christ, our oneness in God. Amen. This uh, unity in diversity. A lot of different folk with a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of personalities in here, but we're unified by one thing, and that is we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We feed the poor. We bind up the brokenhearted. We pray for the sick. And hopefully one day we'll raise the dead. Amen? But until that day, we're unified in this one purpose together. As different as we all are in our personalities, we humble ourselves and prefer one another to this one cause, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the soul from sin to glory. Amen? Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read in the, uh, sorry, Cam, I threw a lot of verses at you that I did not tell you that I would do. So everybody look at Kim and say, God bless you. God bless you. Amen. All right. And so, dear brothers and sisters, NLT, in Romans chapter 12, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way, of, the way you think. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. Amen? And we all belong to each other. Everybody has a part in this body to live your life for the glory of God as a part of the body of Christ. You see, the people that come up here are not to receive all the glory and all the praise. As the body of Christ, we're to esteem the ones that aren't seen, the prayer warriors, the people that work in the background, people that are working in kids' church right now. God, bless them, because I don't want to do that. (laughs) Bless them, bless them, bless them. Blessing and honor and praise to those people. We all have a part in this oneness, this one body. As the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit dwelt in unity, but yet in diversity. Distinct, different, but having, each, having a role in winning our salvation. Each of you here today have a role in preaching the gospel and bringing the glory of, glory of God to a lost and broken world. We do this as one body. Nobody's left out. Amen? I don't need praise. My ego is big enough. Coffee bar people, greeters, kids' church, building maintenance people, people that shovel the snow, people that that take care of the snow, people that work behind the scenes that never might ever, ever, ever get get a handshake or a pat on the back. That's who we lift up because we're one body. We honor each other. Amen? We prefer one another. And this oneness... 
And God in his love is given to us through the forgiveness of our sins. Amen? Now, you've been forgiven all your sins. Is there an offense that one person can do here today in which you will not forgive based on the fact that God has forgiven all of your sins? Amen? We overflow with the forgiveness of God. Someone that offends us, someone that hurts us, we are one body, we forgive and we let go because we have a job to do to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ as one voice, one faith, one spirit, one body, giving glory to God. Amen? So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Amen? Look around and say, you belong to me. That's right. He does belong to you, Donna. That's right. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak it out. Amen? If God has given you the gift to serve, then you serve. If you're a teacher, teach. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Amen? Take a look around, guys. We're pretty ordinary, aren't we? What verse did I end up? 16, okay. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. The burning coals on your head back in the day, people in repentance and sorrow and shame for what they have done, it was a sign of repentance as they had coals upon their heads. What we do as brothers and sisters in loving them, we put more coals on their head to bless them. Not to destroy them, not to burn their hair off, and not to burn them, but to bless them in their repentance and their walk with God. We do all this because we are born into this family of God, born into this love fest between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, born into this body of Christ that God has put together. Take a look around. All these, all these lovely people bonded together to work for him in Lackawanna and beyond. Amen? God is one being, the only divine being, three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished on us 
that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. The Father's love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave his Son. And you know what? God the Son said, I'm with you and I'm going. Wasn't forced, wasn't coerced because of the love of God the Son to come and die for your sins. Pay the penalty of your sins so that you could have life and have it evermore. That's why we praise him. Amen? That's why we love each other. Because it's an indication of the love of God in our own heart. That we've been born into this plurality of, of being in the body of Christ. This love fest that God has for his church. We need more love, don't we? We need more forgiveness. We need more mercy. We need more grace. And we need to receive it from each other. Jesus lived and died and rose again to take all of our sin from us and make us look like him again. Amen? Conform to his image. Jesus unifies us with God. Jesus unifies us with each other. Jesus unifies the whole world as the whole world sees the real image of God as we live it out and express it in a community of believers, the body of Christ to a lost and broken world. Are you excited about what we can do for his kingdom here in Lagawada? Brokenness, lostness, blindness. How can we as a community of believers in Jesus Christ express this reality of living in the image of God? Understand first that you are loved by God. Don't ever doubt it. Let that love overwhelm your heart, overwhelm your spirit. And that's what ministry is all about. It's the love of God overwhelming you and dripping out to others and the giftings that God has given you. Amen? We need to pray for our governor and we need to pray for our leadership. You've all heard about the law that has been passed, that abortion can take place now in the, tri- in the third trimester up even to the due date of this young life that has been created in the image of God. I'm glad we don't wrestle against flesh and blood because I had a sense of maybe going downtown Albany and bringing some justice, amen? But that's Old Testament. Plus, I don't have a sword. We wrestle against flesh and blood. Here's the thing. We need God to change hearts in Albany. We need God to change hearts in Lackawanna, We need God to change hearts in Washington, D.C. We need the glory of the Lord to cover this earth like a sea. Amen? We do it together. We're understanding the precious work of the Godhead, the divine being, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we have to hold on to a pattern of sound words, a form, a pattern. The Bible says that we must contend for the faith, not your faith. Contend for the faith, the systematic teaching of God's word. Amen? There's, there's patterns that we have all set up in our hearts and lives based on the world system, based on our perceptions of, of, of the world's culture, based on our preconceived ideas from past experiences, forms that we've established. I remember when I was a young person, I used to love going into uh, new houses where they're being built, play up along the foundations and up into the... Back then, they used two-by-fours to build houses. We'd all run throughout the, the structure. We'd walk on the foundation wall like this. 
But there were forms that were, were formed, concrete were poured into. We have to have these patterns or forms in which the, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit can be formed and poured into us so that we can build a structure that brings honor and glory to God. We need a pattern of sound words. And we do it in community, right? For the next couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to encourage you to think about the invitation that God has given you to join the love fest of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also this love fest of the body of Christ. We live this life in community because God is a community, a community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have to do this life together. That's how we were created. That's how we walk in the image of God. We do it together. I want to encourage you, on the back table there, we're starting some new life groups, and we want you to look at uh, the life groups. For three weeks, we're going to have some sign-ups. We want to encourage you to be a part of the community of believers here, to grow in grace, grow in, it, grow in the knowledge of God, grow in the love of God, and understand that you're not just a consumer. Amen? You're not just a consumer. You're a child of God that must bless each other. We must bless, bless each other and encourage each other. I want you to be, be blessed to know that as we live out this life in community, you will be blessed, you will grow in your Christian life, but God will begin to stir you and form you and show you how you will give glory to God by your life lived out in community for this church and for our body. Amen? If you've been looking at God as just this big divine being, you're losing out. You don't get to know God who he is by just viewing him as a divine being. You've got to understand the Father's love, the Son's love, the Holy Spirit, and their work of salvation for your life. And we're going to be talking about that in, in life groups. Check out the life groups. Pray to God and say, you know what, maybe, Lord, I haven't been able to go to a life group, but maybe I'm going to check it out, build each other up in our most holy faith. Amen? Let's continue to know each other. Amen? Let's be vulnerable to each other. Let's show each other who we really are in Christ. Let's uh, show your personality. Some of you, not so much. Others, yeah, okay. Let's, let's show each other who we really are, okay? Love each other. God freely poured out who he, who he was and who He is. Now we pour out each other, pour out of our lives into each other this wonderful work of grace God wants to build his church. God wants to establish his church. God wants souls saved and people to come to know Christ. And he wants to do a great work here in Lackawanna. Amen? Amen. Nudge the one next to you. Okay, cool. I'm going to ask Daryl if he would come again and sing that Holy Spirit song. let's, Let's, for a few moments, it's early. It's only 12 o'clock. Nobody looked. That's pretty good. It's, uh, it's, it's early. Hey, let's take a few minutes, guys. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Reveal to us this wonderful work of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your life. Reveal Christ to you as we sing this uh, beautiful song together. Then we'll close in prayer.